Nick, she whispered. She was standing very close. He could smell the soap she used. Yes, he whispered back. You're hurting my hand. Oh, sorry. He dropped it. I'm... I'm a bit afraid of the dark. Well, well, well. Who is Nick holding hands with in the dark? This is James Schofield, the creator of the podcast Behind the Bottom Line and the writer of Season 5's story, Double Trouble. This is Episode 6, and let's just recap what's happened so far. Identical twins Tim and Nick Aldridge have been forced to change places. Tim is pretending to be a top advertising executive, while his brother is trapped by flooding on the family farm in Devon in England. In the last episode, Tim not only had to fight off Jemima Madison, his brother's ex-girlfriend, who wants to restart her relationship with Nick, He also got biffed on the nose by a furious Russian model in the middle of a fashionable restaurant. Nick, in the meantime, has been busy milking goats and advising Tim's wife Gwyneth how to write seduction scenes for a romantic novel. Maybe a little too successfully. Make sure you listen to the end of this episode because then I will announce some more lucky winners of my ongoing write a review competition. Now let's join Tim as he learns the value of market research and Nick as he joins Wanda in the farm's cheese cellar. Things are about to get steamy. Chapter 11 Timothy learns a lesson. On Tuesday morning, Timothy found that Tanya's handbag had not done any serious damage so he decided to walk to work from Nick's flat in the Barbican. The flood report on the radio was still not good, and it seemed unlikely that he would have the chance to get back to Aldridge Farm quickly, so he felt the need for exercise. The sunshine was bright and the air full of springtime as he walked around St Paul's Cathedral and then on down past Blackfriars Station to the River Thames. There he turned right and went along the embankment, past the Middle Temple where the lawyers had their offices, until he reached Waterloo Bridge. Although he was late for work, he couldn't resist going to stand in the middle of the bridge to look at the view. Downstream was St Paul's, its golden cross shining in the sunshine. Upstream were the Houses of Parliament and Big Ben, newly cleaned and shiny, while on the opposite side of the river the enormous London Eye revolved slowly through the sky above the city. He breathed in deeply, a powerful mixture of carbon monoxide from the cars and sea air blown up the Thames estuary and tried to plan. So far, Things had gone quite well. Timothy hadn't been fired. Louis had accepted that the new Spazio commercial should have an environmental focus and nobody, not even Jemima, had realised that he wasn't Nick. Of course, Tanya Mishkovich wasn't pleased about not getting the contract for the commercial 
but at least telling her was now dealt with, even if it had been painful. Two big problems remained. Firstly, he had no firm ideas for the new commercial. He would have to think of something today, or else Louis would be asking questions again. Secondly, Jemima was clearly interested in reviving her affair with Nick. It had been difficult on the previous evening to convince her that he wanted to go home in the taxi alone, and Timothy knew it would be difficult to avoid her in the office. If necessary, he would just have to say something vague like he needed space to re-evaluate their relationship. That was a useful phrase he'd learnt from Dr. Tsukusus. Feeling better with plans in place, Timothy crossed back to the Aldwych, heading for Covent Garden. As he reached Longacre, his eye was caught by something in a shop window. It was a cheese shop, and in the middle of the window was a large round cheese with a sign in front. Aldrich Farm Organic Blue Cheese. Timothy stopped to look at it. He felt proud seeing it there, and also homesick. He didn't want to be in London. He wanted to be back at home with Gwyneth, Lady Lois, and the goats. But it would be nice to have some cheese to eat in Nick's flat, he thought. So he went inside. A man dressed in white with a straw hat and a badge saying he was called Brian was behind the counter. Can I have about 250 grams of the Aldridge Blue, please? Oh, excellent choice, sir. One of the best cheeses we have in our shop. It's terrifically popular. I just wish we could get more of it. We could sell twice as much. Brian cut and weighed some carefully packed it beautifully in a box. You can start to smell quite powerful, sir. Don't want that on the underground, do we? Put it in a paper bag and gave it to him. That'll be £10.50, please. Timothy looked at him in astonishment. I'm sorry, I didn't quite catch that. Did you say £10.50? Yes, sir, that's right. Aldridge Blue costs £42 a kilo. Organic, you see. But, but I only charge about £5 a kilo. Brian was alarmed. The customer was plainly mad. Don't you want it then? he asked. No, I, I want it, but I can't believe it costs that much. Here you are. Timothy paid and left the shop shaking with anger and stood with his head against the lamppost to cool himself down for a moment. He realised that for a long time he had been doing something very stupid. Timothy sold all his goat's milk, butter and cheese to an organic fine food supplier in London that acted as a middleman and sold them onto restaurants or specialist food shops. The advantage for Timothy was that he didn't have to look for his customers, and because he much preferred working on the farm than handling the business side, the arrangement seemed ideal 
At the beginning of the year, he had wanted to increase his prices slightly. But when the purchasing agent visited the farm, the agent insisted that he should reduce them. Timothy stood in the street and thought back to what the agent had said. Frankly, Mr Aldridge, the market still isn't there for goat's milk's products yet. It's growing, but you need to find a way to make it more popular. We suggest you cut your prices so you're more competitive with ordinary cheese. If you can't do that, then I'm afraid we won't be able to take your produce anymore. Take it or leave it. So Timothy and Gwyneth decided that the repairs to the road could wait another year and they reduced their prices by 5%. I'm an idiot, he said out loud and banged his head against the lamppost. A young mother with a pram decided to cross the street to avoid him and one or two other people looked at him nervously. He continued walking towards the office, feeling angry with himself. It was his own fault the purchasing agent had tricked him. He should have made the effort to find out how much he could charge. It was no good hiding on his farm and trying to ignore the outside world. As soon as he got home, things were going to change. He was going to market and sell his product properly. Chapter 12. Cheesemakers Nick got up early again on Tuesday morning to help Gwyneth with the milking. The sun was now shining, so they let the herd out into the meadow, and the kids played with each other, pleased to be outside after the long period of rain. Lady Lois was, of course, too dignified to play, but she watched over them protectively as she chewed her grass. Nick went down the road to see how the river was doing. It was lower than on the Sunday, but was still too dangerous to cross without a boat. As he got back to the farm, he found Wanda going into the special cheese kitchen next to the farmhouse to make some cheese. Can you help me, Nick? she asked. Gwyneth wants to do some writing this morning, after what you told her last night. We have to turn all the milk into cheese because nobody can come to the farm to collect it. We've got about 400 gallons to deal with. They went into the cheese kitchen. It was spotlessly clean and they put on special overalls and rubber gloves before beginning. The first part of the process was quite easy but needed a lot of concentration. The milk was poured into a large stainless steel container and gently stirred for a while. Then a special microbe was added and the milk stirred until Nick could see thick lumps of cheese gradually appearing in the liquid. Have you seen the cellar recently? asked Wanda when they had finished. Tim's made many changes. The cheese cellar was originally a food store back in the 19th century when the farm was built. As a child, Nick had been afraid of going into it, because once Timothy had locked him inside and turned off the lights by the switch outside the entrance. When their mother had finally heard his shouts, 
Nick had been hysterical. Timothy was sent to bed with no supper that evening. Later Nick stole some bread and apples when his mother wasn't watching and took them to his brother upstairs. When Timothy took over the farm from his father, he had converted the space from being just a simple food store into a proper cheese cellar, and little by little he had improved it. First with a concrete floor to replace the hard, damp earth that had been there before, and then with wooden racks to store the cheese on. The entrance was down some steps outside the main farm building. Wanda went down the steps, turned on the lights, and pushed open the heavy wooden door, which led under the building and into the hillside. She looked at Nick, who was still standing at the top of the steps, hesitating. Come on, she said. You have to see this. Inside the cellar, it was cool and full of the rich smell of the maturing cheeses, row after row of them wrapped in linen cloths. They walked to the back with Wander explaining how Aldridge Blue Cheese got its special flavour. And the cheese is stored here for 16 months, and then we take it out, take off the cloths, pack it and send it up to London. Tim likes the cheese when it's very strong, but Gwyneth and I prefer... And at that moment, the lights went out, and Nick could see nothing. What's happening? said Nick. That's not funny, Wanda. Turn them on again. It stopped me, answered Wanda. I did nothing. But don't worry. Just wait a moment and you will see something. Haven't you got any matches? A torch? Haven't you got anything? What's happening? Nick couldn't stop himself from sounding panicky. Wait, Nick. It's all right. Don't worry. Just wait. Wanda was silent for a moment. Here, give me your hand. Nick found her hand and, gratefully, held it tight. Although it was so cool underground, he could feel lines of sweat running down his back. Now, she said after a minute, look at the walls, see? And as his eyes became used to the dark, Nick saw green lines painted on the walls, with arrows pointing towards the entrance. Tim painted phosphorus lines in case somebody was down here and the lights went out, said Wanda. Nick started to breathe more slowly. Nick, she whispered. She was standing very close. He could smell the soap she used. Yes? He whispered back. You're hurting my hand. Oh, sorry. He dropped it. I'm... I'm a bit afraid of the dark. You don't have to let go. We have to get out of here together, don't we? Just don't press so hard. She found his hand again. Shall we start? As they came out of the cellar together, into the sunshine, they found Gwyneth looking for them, and they told her what had happened. Oh, I'm sorry, she apologised. That was me. I walked past and saw the cellar light switch was on. 
I thought you two were still in the cheese kitchen, and I assumed I'd left the cellar light on last night. It's lucky that Tim painted those phosphorus stripes, wasn't it? Anyway, I'm going to make some coffee. Do you want some? Nick and Wanda nodded, and they all walked together across the yard. As they reached the kitchen door, Gwyneth suddenly paused. Wait a moment, she said. I turned that light off half an hour ago. Why did it take you so long to find your way out? Wanda went pink, and Nick scratched the back of his neck. But neither of them had anything to say. Well, that's it for today, and I hope you enjoyed the story. Quick shout out to Bettina and Susanna. Thank you so much for the reviews. I'll be sending both of you the free copy of Double Trouble, I promised. And I have just two copies left, so there is still time to write a review. Post it to my website, www.behindthebottomline.com in the leave a review section, as well as sending me a personal message with your address, and I will send you your very own free paperback copy of Double Trouble. Now, maybe you don't want to write a review and you'd just like to order a copy of the book to read it yourself or send it to someone else. You can do that if you go to the website and click on Bookshop. Also, if the person you are ordering Double Trouble for is learning English, then you might like to order the special Language Learners Edition, which contains additional vocabulary lists and pre-reading and post-reading discussion questions. And just to remind you, that's on my website, www.behindthebottomline.com. Next week's episode is called Timothy Aldridge, Advertising Genius. And we'll see what happens when Tim finally has an idea for a new commercial for the Zaiwu Spazio. So, until next week, take care and goodbye.